Welcome to the Movies on the Brain podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brian C. Wood. With me this evening is my good friend and co-host. Chad Welcome to another weird, wild, and wacky week in the world of genre movie news. So, Chad, uh, Spider-Man cannot be stopped from dominating the worldwide box office. Uh, it is run rampant on the box office for seven weeks now. Your thoughts, sir, on yet another win and Moonfall coming to take its place. I have no comments on the second part of that. Um, moonfall, Moonfall. The moon's going to fall, 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 fall. And Roland, Roland Emmer is going to make no money. And after I completely ignore that part, um, yes, Spider-Man, uh, as of this taping, I think it is like $26 million away from passing up Avatar for number three on the domestic list uh, all time. Uh, I don't rem- I didn't keep the, the link. I don't remember exactly how much that would be, but I do know it's $26 million. So um, it's just amazing to me that this movie is making this kind of money when we're dealing with the pandemic. And, you know, again, we talked about it. People are starved for going to the movies. Um, and, you know, Marvel moves the needle, Spider-Man moves the needle, but to get, this is like pre-pandemic kind of money. And I, every time I have to say, I just wonder what it would have done if we weren't in a pandemic. Because if it's doing all this and there's, there's parts of the audience that are not going to go see this because of the pandemic that we're in, if we didn't have it, they would. So how much more is this thing going to make? Would, would this thing have made? But it's quite remarkable that it's doing these numbers. I agree. Totally surprising. Um, but it also has had, it's, it's in Force Awakens territory, right? Force Awakens came out, ran for a whole bunch of time, didn't have a lot of competition to, uh, to beat it around. I think Warners is hoping the same thing happens with the Batman. Uh, I think they're, they're hoping that a good long run uh, awaits the Batman. Uh, although I don't know if it'll hit these numbers. I mean, again, we're talking about overtaking Avatar and entering Force Awakens and and you know and uh, Endgame level numbers here domestically. So crossing a billion internationally. So um, yeah, I'm sure Warner Brothers hopes there's a similar situation coming down the pike, but uh, but I'm not sure that's going to come to fruition. But again, just astounding that with no competition it's dominating the marketplace this way yeah well it's interesting you bring up the batman because i'm i'm looking at the calendar right now and you know it seems like spider-man has been out a really long time but it's only been about six weeks uh and the batman i know is coming out may 4th but we've talked about how many different things are coming out in april Oh, wait, March 4th, March 4th, March 4th, correct. Um, and we talked about how many different things are coming out in April. So that will cut into it, but that still gives it a solid four weeks to, to make up whatever money it's going to make. But see this, and we're getting back into Warner Brothers and you know how, especially with DC stuff, they're like, you know, my albatross, I don't believe in them at all. What... I want to know what their expectations are for this movie going into it because they are prone to have outsized expectations, especially when they compare themselves to Marvel in any respect. So I would imagine, yes, they're going to look at what Spider-Man did and be like, this is the Batman. We should be able to hit a billion dollars. Do I think a billion dollars is attainable for the Batman? Yeah, sure. If I was Warner Brothers, would I be setting my expectations at a billion dollars in the pandemic? No, I don't think Sony set their uh, expectations for Spider-Man at a billion dollars in the pandemic. So when it turned out to be that way, everybody is pleasantly surprised. I just don't know what reasonable numbers they can expect. I think they're going to expect over a billion dollars, and I think that's while it might, they might meet expectations, I think that is foolish for them to go in with that because it's setting themselves up for failure. 
I agree that we're uh, setting yourself up for failure if you are comparing your box office results to the MCU. This is a Batman we haven't seen yet. We don't know what the word of mouth is coming out of the coming out of the press screenings. We don't have any idea of how the audience is going to be receptive to it. We had had two movies with Tom Holland, Spider-Man Solo, and three movies in in the MCU with him. So audiences were very familiar with the character, and you had the nostalgia appeal of the rumors, very well-founded rumors, that the other two were showing up. And the previous villains were given away in in the trailer. So there were reasons for people to buy in. Um, Even given the clips and stuff that debuted tonight and all the heavy, and I mean heavy-handed press you're doing for this movie, in marketing, like, I don't see anything that's going to grab the average viewer's attention and be like, I need to see, I need to be there. I need to be there opening night. I well, I think they're banking on it's it's the Batman and Batman moves the needle, which is which is fine, but um, this isn't again. It's the way everything except for the stuff tonight when when they showed it on the football game. If that was the first thing I'd seen for the Batman, I would be like, oh, okay, so it's another Batman movie. Uh, it looks slightly dark, but not overly dark, and maybe maybe I can do that. But since I've seen everything else. I know that this isn't, you know, we talk four quadrant movies. It hits uh, like, you know, kids, adults, and I forget the other four quadrants, but the other two quadrants, but this ain't that. So you're going to cut out the kid part. I know you're cutting that out. You're cutting down the old people too because of the pandemic and you're cutting down on the families in general because of the, the kids issue. Yep. But and that's not an issue that Spider Man had. Spider Man hit all, maybe not the maybe not the older people as much, but it hit everybody else. So while older people might have been suppressed with Spider Man, the families and the kids kind of made up for that. In this, you're going to have that older people suppression, and you're going to suppress the number of kids because everybody's not taking their kids to see this. And like you said, it's a foolish thing to compare yourself to to mark to the MCU at this point, particularly to an established franchise like Spider-Man. This is the third one with an established actor that people know from the role. And then you had, you know, the the rumors, unconfirmed rumors of the other two Spider-Man coming back, making it this big event. But Warner Brothers is foolish and they compare themselves to even though they say they don't, they do. Um, my first, the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that Man of Steel was considered a disappointment. Why? Because it didn't make a billion dollars. Why was that even an option for them? Because the year before Avengers came out and made a billion dollars. So they will foolishly compare themselves to Marvel and then be disappointed when they don't meet that outsized expectation. They need to be realistic with themselves. And I don't think they're really capable of doing that. And they let themselves, they let themselves get taken over by their expectations and then go completely reactionary and tear everything up following that. So I don't, I think the Batman being what it is, I don't think they'll blow it up no matter what their expectations are, even if they don't hit it. It would have to be uh, like a terror, a terrible reception, critically, and then a failure financially for them to to take their hands off of that. But I think they're in a place where they're going to be safe with the Batman. But I just don't see it meeting their expectations because I expect them to be too big. Yeah, I mean, look at Dune. Dune, Dune met your expectations because your expectations were moderate, and you'd basically behind the scenes promised the director a sequel, but the director hyped up the fan base to believe that unless they turned out and unless they showed up, they weren't going to get that sequel. Um, And sure enough, everybody showed up in large numbers, especially for October 2021. And, you know, they got the the sequel announced the the following weekend. (laughs) So, like, you know, those were reasonable expectations, especially considering the dual release of the format um this is like you've got to be 
you got to have it in check and you've got to just you can't say okay well Donald Justice did this and the Dark Knight Rises did this in 2013 you can't can't go that way like you've got to just base this on a first time solo movie and you know yes you have the brand name and cachet of the of the Batman but you know you've got a new actor playing him it's a new interpretation you've got to give the audience time to react to it. And if it does have a month to run rampant, then you should, then you should at least moderate, moderate your expectations about, because eventually it will run up against competition. And then those numbers are going to go down quicker than what they're going down for Spider-Man. Again, as much as I love the scream sequel and as much as nostalgia driven as it is, as anything ghostbusters or Spider-Man are doing, um, it's making a hundred million dollars domestically. Um, internationally, it's okay. It's doing horror movie numbers, which is great, but like it's no competition or shouldn't be any competition for, for Spider-Man. It was what took it out by for what one week. I think this time we talked about WB. I think this time is going to be interesting like for everybody because as of now, Spider-Man came out, it's been such a force. And you know, people are like, "Well, it's not the the it's not movies driving people back; it's this particular movie." And you'll probably get some of that with the Batman, even though I can go on another tangent about the Batman and the fact that I'm really curious, like how people that aren't like us that follow movies nonstop. Do they even realize that this is another Batman? Do they realize that there's another Batman coming with somebody else playing Batman? Do they realize any of that and how that affects them? All they realize is that Little Caesars is doing a Batman, a bat-shaped calzone. That's all they realize. (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing until I saw my buddy take went and, and did a video eating that sucker. I didn't watch the video, so I don't know what he thought about it, but it's Little Caesars, so I can only imagine, but and that's weird too. It's like why your Warner Brothers and Batman? Why Little Caesars? You could like Pizza Hut. I mean, Pizza's right there. I understand Little Caesars has had a come up, but you're the Batman. You should be a step above Little Caesars. But that I, I would stop digressing on that. Um, when April runs around, comes around. Now we'll have more studios in the mix and we'll get to see how their things fare. And, and, and then what, what is their judgment from that and how do they handle that going forward? I don't know how to gauge these people because they are incredibly reactionary. The whole lot of them, the ones that are not are more successful. I think that's the case, but this whole thing is volatile. They need to make money. I don't know how they're going to react to all of their things coming out. But so all I'm saying is that in the next, you know, four months, it'll be really interesting for all of this space. But more specifically, I'm really wondering about Warner Brothers because, again, I do not trust them to do the right things or make the right decisions. For me, it, it just comes down to where are we and what are we like? Where are we and what are we doing at this point in time? If they get the tracking numbers back, for example, from the early ticket sales and the Batman is not doing $200 million opening weekend numbers, is that going to cause them to panic? Is that going to cause them to, to get scared? If the opening if the opening night crowd is not as big as what, what the opening crowd was for No Way Home, will that send them into a Disney? Mm. Like, is this just going to be a steady but sure, like, dual tracking where like you have the red line that is no way homes numbers and you have the black the blue line that is uh batman's numbers and you're trying to see how close those two numbers line up is it going to be like a, a a graph where you're just tracking that the entire time and that's the measure of success because i don't think it should be i think at this point you've got to almost look at, at kong versus godzilla uh you've got to look at at dune You've got to look at some of their successful 2020 launch, 2021 launches and, and judge those kind of statistics because those will get a bump because there's not going to be an HBO Max component. 
but that's the range that you're looking at, not, oh, if it doesn't do $200 million opening weekend, it's a complete and total failure. Because Matt Reeves does not make like simple complex, simple narratives. He deals in long-form, complex storytelling, especially in a situation, as you know, where you're dealing with Joker. So um, the film's going to lend itself to second and third viewings. Do people take up those second and third viewings in the middle of a pandemic the way that they have with Spider-Man No Way Home is a whole nother ballgame. We're going to sit here and we're going to compare the Batman to No Way Home incessantly, like when it comes out. I didn't even thought about the... uh, the opening night thing until you just said it, which is a very good point. Um, now, will Warner Brothers be following it? They're going to tell us no. We're going to know that they're lying. How much credit are they get, giving that? How much are they are they just watching it to see, like, from, like, a, a whole business perspective? Like, okay, so it did this. So business-wise, that means this, not, not necessarily – about our movie, but about just the the theatrical business as a whole right now? Or are they actually treating it like a race? I just don't think it's a race that they're going to win. If they're insistent that they're going to win the race, I don't know what to tell you because it's I don't think they're not even in the same setup. No Way Home came out, what, a week before Christmas? Yeah, it was a week before Christmas my school-aged child, it was the day before they went on a Christmas break. So you've got to, now you've got, that movie came out in a period where they had two free weeks. Again, they had no competition anyway. Had two free weeks of kids not being in school to just pile on the money. And then everything else after that, you know, keeps going because it has another four weeks by itself, basically. Batman is, the Batman is coming out in the best case scenario, some people will be on spring break. It's not going to be widespread like everybody else. You might have spring breaks during that four-week run, but not right when it opens. So it, the setup is just not the same. Granted, it's the Batman. It's going to be, people are going to be excited for it. It's just, it, I, it, I don't think it can succeed on that same no way home level and if that's what you're judging it by you're going to fail what you said is 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 very is the way they should be thinking about it we had these releases last year yes they were day and date but how does it compare to these and we can you know use our whatever projections we have to see okay so it is outpacing this release we had from last year even if that release was not day and date we should feel good good about it uh, about this pandemic release that's the way they should be looking at it i just don't believe they will i keep thinking when we talk about dc and warners and the way they've handled things over the last five years and um the podcast the solo podcast that you've done that have documented all this in, in detail i just keep thinking about that scene in uh, iron man where jeff bridges pokes uh pokes the guy from uh, A Christmas Story and the chest and is like, Tony Stark made this in a cave with a bunch of scraps. I just picture some Warner Brothers executive poking some data analyst in the chest going, Marvel Marvel took a bunch of C-listers and made a billion dollars. You know? We, we have Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and the Justice League. Why can't we do that? We should be doing that. I think that gives them way more credit in knowing that those Avengers characters were C-list characters. To them, to them, I think uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, I think those are all like, okay, these are names. And then everything else is just trash. So to, for them to even like have a designation of what those characters are, eh, nah, they, that's, not, that's not of interest to them. When it starts making money, then it is Oh, so you can do things with other ones besides the ones that everybody know? Who knew? Speaking of ones that everybody knows, Chad, the Joker. The Joker and William Defoe uh, doing, uh, doing Saturday Night Live this week. And uh, new rumors have popped up about the Joker, too. Your thoughts are on uh, Hectic Hollywood and other reports surfacing about the Joker, too where the bill will not come due. 
Look, um, I don't know. Oh, I do know because DC just they just hate me. They they purposely want to not give me the things I want and give me a bunch of things that I don't want. They gave me the Joker movie that I did not want, and they were rewarded with a billion dollars. So now they have to double down on that. And just yesterday, uh, I forget who reported it, but they're they're eyeing next year as the start date for production on Joker 2. I'll be honest with you. After I sent you that link, I didn't even look at anything else. I was thoroughly disgusted that I saw that as much as I did. I don't know if they have any other rumors in it. I know Willem uh, addressed people wanting him to be the Joker in Joker 2 in his uh, Saturday Night Live monologue. So when I heard that, I was like, I started rubbing my head and was thoroughly, thoroughly upset that I was going to have to talk about that some more. Um, With the announcement of the start date, I would assume that that means his idea to be the second Joker cannot actually be the case because that means they would already been working on it and that would not be the story. However, again, I don't trust these dudes farther, farther than I can throw them. And yes, that production date is a year away. So they could decide, you know, you know what, whatever we were going to do, screw it. Let's do two jokers. See, this is my disgust because they, they are thoroughly bad at making these movies. And then they look up on one and it reward and it just reinforces all their bad behavior. And they keep doing that. And they keep stomping their toe and they bloody their knee. And they're like, but why? We just did this. And then all of a sudden they hit a cartwheel again. And it's like, yay, we did it. And it's the worst. They did the cartwheel in the worst conditions possible. Like they they hit it, they luckily hit it on like slick ice over like shards of glass and then get cut. And they're like, yes, we can do this all the time and proceed to keep busting their face. But they keep hitting that cartwheel every now and then. And that makes it all better. Meanwhile, I'm sitting over, I'm just watching on the side, like you're freaking morons, just morons. And thus is another episode of DC makes Chad mad again. Like (laughs) here, here, here's my thing. Like, that movie is such a singular experience. I know we talked about after the premiere of the movie that, that you could potentially do a Rise of Joker trilogy where you have him building himself as the crime lord of Gotham and that the third movie in the franchise could bring in Batman to stop him. But that also requires Joaquin deciding I want to do more of this, which up until now, like as you mentioned, since the press tour ended in October of 2019, in January of 2020, the man has not said word one about doing a sequel. Uh, he hasn't talked about it. Now, part of that is because the films that he's done since then haven't really had a press tour. But still, man, like Joaquin hasn't said very much about it. The movie itself doesn't naturally lend itself to a sequel. There have been some some readings of that film which would suggest to some people that the whole thing was actually a manic, insane dream and that none of it actually happened and that the man is just stuck in the insane asylum the entire time. The film doesn't like naturally lend itself to that Rise of Joker trilogy and the actor himself doesn't lend himself to sequels. So, yeah. Like, I just don't see... I mean, I'm sure Todd Phillips would do it in a heartbeat, but I just don't see how anybody else is going to be wanting to jump on that train real quick. Literally, because considering the last time they locked people in the train and had people defecating on themselves and they got in trouble with the WGA, so. The money. The money is what makes this whole thing run. run. I don't know, man. I'm just... This movie, the Joker movie, I don't remember the timeline, but I don't think they push this Batman movie so hard if the Joker doesn't happen. Because now they're, because Batman is. I mean, they hired Matt Reeves to the Batman, I feel like in 2016 or 2017. Like they, 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 they hired him as he was finishing up his second Apes movie. Like before his Apes movie even came out, they, they hired him. So it would have had to be, 
it would have been 2018. It would have been around, actually have been around this time, 2018. Damn, four years ago? God, man. Uh, I'm going to check that out. But it's not so much that. It's the, this Batman, I mean, again, just from what we've seen, this Batman is trending more adult. And I think they feel more Are you telling me, Chad, that Batman's going to straight up murder people again? I I don't. Murder, murder Bat, part two. I don't think he will murder anyone. I think, actually, I think that's one of the things, um, despite me not completely agreeing with Robert Pattinson's rationale for him not killing, I honestly think this is probably hit. This Batman and the no kill thing is probably going to be the most comic accurate out of all of them. Because even though Christian Bale's Batman didn't kill anybody, uh, as he said, he didn't have to save him. Uh, I think this Batman will not go that route. I think he he won't put people in a position to not be saved. Now, I do think this Batman might be the one to put them in traction more than uh, than than anyone's outside of Affleck's, but I don't think he's going to like leave anybody to die. I don't know. I think it's just, it's definitely a more darker brooding thing than most. The thing that I'm interested the most with, with this movie, honestly, is the detective element. Like uh, the idea of him as the world's greatest detective, which we haven't really seen a whole lot. Me too. That's one of the, um, that's one of the most intriguing things for me. Like I, I, I've said, I'm really conflicted about this movie, but that element does really intrigue me, and, and gives me, it gives me hope for what this thing could be. Like I still believe, I think Matt Reeves is going to make a good movie. I think he's going, it, him making what he wants to make it is fine. My issue really comes down to. Um, you know what Warner Brothers is letting him do, like what what he wants to do. The uh, the release date for War for the Planet of the Apes was July fourteenth, twenty seventeen. So I'm looking at his wiki page, and it says it was February twenty seventeen that he was hired, and yep. I I am amazed that it was that long ago. It does not feel that long ago, but also feels like a lifetime ago. Well, remember, he had to finish per complete production on, on War for the Planet of the Apes. He had to do the press tour for War for the Planet of the Apes. And he did to finish all that before he could even step into writing the screenplay for the Batman. So, like, this movie is five years in development, which is pretty long for your for your modern blockbuster. I think the closest thing I can think of is, is Guardians 3 because of all the uh, production delays. No, I, <laughs> quick aside on that. So, uh, you know, my my daughter's a big Guardians fan, and she's really upset that it's taking forever. So I had to, I actually had to walk her through why we're at where we're at with Guardians with the whole James Gunn getting fired and rehired thing like yesterday. So she knows the whole story about why Guardians is delayed. She does not understand why he was fired. Uh, From her mouth, she was like, so the tweets were old? Yeah, and he'd apologize for it apologize for him before she's like that's dumb even from a child uh yeah the, the the mouse house doesn't really approve of you at any point in your your adult your life uh comparing the stream of a uh the stream of a shower head to that of a urinating child um well so, they, but but they knew they knew about that they knew they it knew was just that the, they just hope the they never trolls, got out yeah the, the internet trolls came and made it a, a big thing again yeah, the internet trolls were coming for him because of his political stances. So, yeah, which is which is interesting how, and it's a great thing that him and Pratt can be on opposite ends of the political spectrum and still work together and create great art. But he did come out this week and say that this is the last film for the current current Guardians roster. He he's been saying that for a while. Um, I want to, I don't know if he said it after two. But I know since he's been back, he's he's pretty much said this, this is the end for this current roster. Another thing that upsets my daughter because she is convinced that they're going to kill Rocket, and she is ready to be highly upset if that's what happens. Uh, I do think some of them are going to die. I don't know about Rocket. My money will be on Drax. Um, 
I am also, uh, I mean, that that makes sense. The other thing, too, is Bradley Cooper only has to do voice work there. So that's different from actually having to physically get in the mocap suit. Yeah, and as far as I understand it, I think he really uh, he really enjoys doing it. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, he, he did it. He, they're doing it for the ride. They're doing it for the holiday special and for Guardians 3 all at the same time. And he's getting ready to go direct his second his second movie, so. What movie is that? Has he announced what it is? It's a. Uh, it's actually a. Uh, what's what's the guy? Uh, Leonard Bernstein. It's a Leonard Bernstein biopic, I believe. Oh okay. Oh, I did hear about that. I did. I forget. That's been a while because I, I forgot that he was doing that. Well, I mean, he put it on hold to go do uh, Nightmare Alley, and Nightmare Alley was in the middle of filming when the pandemic uh, hit. So. Oh okay okay. Which, which again, much to my chagrin, that movie is dying on the vine. They released a black and white version in like a thousand more theaters this weekend to try and make more money, and and no one showed. It was it was just not great. The good <sighs> news is it debuts on HBO Max on Tuesday, so this is my ring endorsement. Please go to HBO Max and watch Nightmare Alley. Whichever cut, the black and white cut or the color cut, I don't care. Just go see that movie and maybe pick up a copy of the book. Because, you know, it's really awesome. So uh, HBO Max is doing the 45-day window now? Um, no, so that's a complicated release because I it, it, was, it was Fox, I believe. And they had, so Fox is Disney, right? But there was some kind of distribution issue with the digital rights. So HBO Max and Hulu both get it for a certain period of time. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, interesting. Maybe it's like, because uh, there's a couple uh, movies right now. Like I know Ron Go Wrong, go, Ron's Gone Wrong, and there's like another one. They both showed up on HBO Max at the same time. I know. I know Ryan going wrong was part of, you know, everything goes naturally on HBO to show on the actual channel. So I knew Ryan's going wrong was one of those. Um, but it was just, the, it's just been confusing that they've both been on that. And there's something else too. So I'm assuming that um, whenever they did the rights for Nightmare Alley, that it was probably going to be one of those that debuted on HBO. So it'd have been streaming on HBO and whatever Disney property, so Hulu. Uh, but it must be really complicated if they're doing it for the 45 days, because I know it's not coming on HBO anytime soon. Yeah, man. That it's I'm just glad that people are gonna get a chance to see it at home. And I hope it picks up some momentum that way. Cause it certainly didn't pick up any momentum in this in the theatrical element. Cause I've seen the movie twice now in a theater with just me and two other people. One each time. Two, two each time. Okay. Um, they put us in the broom closet, Jen, and still <laughs> only took up three seats. I know which one that one is. Yeah, I still maintain to this day is the theater we saw Fantastic Four in. But you, but you do not uh, do not agree with me. <laughs> no, it was not. We didn't have the broom closet. It was one of the smaller ones because it was, I believe, it was on the right side, and they never put opening day movies on the right side. Yeah, yeah, um, but like this movie, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like the, the Disney's over two this year. I mean, uh, the last duel didn't didn't find an audience. Um, same thing with Nightmare Alley, but neither Del Toro, um, uh, neither Del Toro nor uh, Ridley Scott have been bashing Disney's marketing of the film. So I mean, it's not like they're blaming Disney for it. It's just audiences, man. It's a weird time right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, you can be disappointed, but I don't think you can really. I mean, if you think about it, Nightmare Alley and Last Duel are movies meant for like middle-aged adults to like, you know, middle-aged adults who just aren't go, the the 45 to 45 to 65 demographic ain't exactly going out in big numbers right now to do almost anything, so. I'd be curious what the uh, what the last dude did for on HBO because I know it's oh it, it's it's that's that, that's been I hope it's been successful because that's the way a lot of people are going to find it. 
but it's it's you know it's a long watch man especially because it does that thing that i generally dislike you remember there was a movie that came out back in the day called vantage point and you had to sit through the same event seven different times from seven different points of view like that's they they i hate that that trope that's exactly what they do with last duel because the whole idea is an accusation and you see it from three different points of view his the the accusers uh the accused the the accuser's husband and the accuser and you see it from all three perspectives and so you see the same freaking 15 events over and over and over again now grant ridley eventually decides to chop some certain elements out and change certain vantage points because ultimately the idea is they want you to figure out for yourself because it's the whole idea is the truth lies somewhere in the middle right Mm -hmm. um but it it does it is not an easy watch um even with the braveheart elements in it Mm, i didn't know that it was like i never see i've never seen vantage point but i've heard about it Oh, God, that was one of the worst experiences I've ever had in a movie theater. And that is saying something for me. Like, I physically (laughs) wanted to hit myself over the head. I I like there was literally a person in my screening who was like, dear God, no, no, not again. And I'm like, yeah, man, this ain't working. This this ain't working. Yes, indeed. But I think it just uh, I think the last duel debuted yesterday because it it oh, wasn't no, I, I watched the last duel two weeks ago in debut really? January first, I think. No, I mean on HBO Max. Yeah, HBO Max Re- January first. I'm pretty sure. Really? Then it must yeah. have just popped up in my feed because uh, I didn't notice it until like yesterday or the day before that. And it's broken up into chapters, so you can stop in between each vantage point. But uh, but yeah, I'm hopeful that more people will find it that way. Well, as we a, both know, Sir Ridley blamed cell phones. So, <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah, old man, get off my lawn. <laughs> These kids, they can't get off their cell phones long enough to watch my three-hour movie. Damn them! And also, this just in: Adam Driver, really good actor. Oh, yeah, that's something I really didn't know. Had I like I had no clue. Well, you mean Kylo Ren can uh, can really throw you for a loop there. <laughs> all, right. all right, Chad. So, uh, what are we looking at as far as uh, as far as the weekend goes? Do you believe that Jackass Forever will top Moonfall, or will the Moon fall and dominate the box office once again? I think. Jackass is going to be Moonfall. I think that purely on nostalgia, I think there are enough people that have fond memories of Jackass, um, which, you know, as I think about that, those are people pretty much in my demographic that was in the Jackass in uh, like college. And now they realize all those guys are old ass men and they're still doing the same stupid crap. Uh, I was not the jackass person, but I know lots of people that liked it in college. Um, the, like, it still wears me out to see Johnny Knoxville, uh, all silver foxy, and and in this movie still doing outrageous stuff. Hell, he promoted the movie last night at the Royal Rumble by taking legit elbows to the face. Uh, I forget what move happened right after that, and then a frog splash to be thrown out of the ring. Uh, so I respect that guy because he's willing to do that crazy shit. But I think enough people, you know, that they'll dig that and they'll like, I'll go have a good time in the movies. Whereas Moonfall, <sighs> Moonfall, um, I don't have any good things to say about it. I don't, I don't, I don't know what people think about it. They've been promoting it heavily during the football games, but it's like, what is this? So, and I don't think the the little screen, the little trick they try with the from the director of this insert movie is going to really move the needle for Moonfall. So I I don't know what to expect from that, but I do think Jackass is going to beat it this weekend. For those keeping track, Jackass Forever has a ten million dollar budget. 
while Moonfall's price tag is 140 million. No matter what happens, Jackass is going to be more successful. Bar none. So uh, let's see. Previous Jackass uh, releases. The original Jackass debuted with $20 million ended up doing $64 million domestic. The uh, second Jackass movie debuted at uh, $29 million, ended up doing $72 million domestic. The third Jackass, Jackass 3D, it debuted with $50 million and closed out at $117 million domestic. And Bad Grandpa, Jackass, Bad, colon, Bad Grandpa, uh, opened at $32 million and closed with $102 million. I don't think it's doing those numbers, but uh, I don't think it needs to do those numbers to beat Moonfall. I mean, but just assume that, like, they, if you assume that the previous four movies all had budgets somewhere around ten to twelve billion, and they all landed north of fifty million domestic, that's that's a pure profit franchise. There, that's almost a Blumhouse oh, yeah. type deal. Oh, yeah, opening weekend covers your. Uh, your production costs and your marketing and then everything else is just gravy. So let's talk about some of these nominees. So we have the, the branches, uh, the branches as we like to call them are putting out their nominations. Uh, the, the guilds as other people would call them. Um, so let's go through some of these. The Directors Guild. The Directors Guild has nominated its best directors. It is PTA, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Kenneth Burrow, Jane Champion and Steven Spielberg and SVN Bill. Um, the Writers Guild has has uh, nominated its best original screenplay. Uh, nominees are being the Ricardos, Don't Look Up, French Dispatch, King Richard, and Lacrosse Pizza. Lacrosse Pizza. Um, the best adapted screenplay: Coda, Dune Part One. Nightmare Alley, Tick, Tick, Boom, and West Side Story. The PGA, the Producers Guild's, uh, the Producers Guild's Best Picture nominees, uh, The Ricardos, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, Lacrosse Pizza, The Power of Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom, and West Side Story. So PGA and the PGA, the, the Writers, the production, the Producers Guild, the Writers Guild, and the Directors Guild are all getting behind uh pta's latest film lacrosse La La pizza i know uh, our good friend nathan will correct me on the pronunciation of that oh it's, um, it's licorice pizza licorice pizza okay uh kenneth burrow uh so they're getting behind uh, licorice pizza belfast power of dog and west side story too those are those are all the common nominees uh this is Would, gonna be so so here's my question to you chad mm-hmm. Would a Dune nomination pacify the popular vote crowd? And I say this because the movie was made, the movie was made with the intention of being nominated for Oscars. The movie was marketed in the intention of being put out there for Oscars. They re-released the film in, De- in January, December slash January to specifically remind people that it was a thing. So like, is that going to be enough to satisfy that the artsy fartsy director made a epic sci-fi movie that some people may have seen? Is that going to be enough to pacify the popular vote crowd? Oh no, uh, hell no! Because I don't know how popular Dune is with the general audience. Uh, again, Dune is for sci-fi people. People know Dune, but I I really don't know if the general audience even knows it. So. Yeah, it can be, it, it is this big, grand sci-fi epic with a big budget and all that stuff, but it doesn't count for, like, popular stuff because people don't know it. People still don't know it. So it still, fall, it still falls in the artsy-fartsy bucket for most people. Um, and that might be unfair because most people, maybe there is, like, a general audience that would have seen Dune. Um, but as of right now, I can't really say that there is, there's, there is definitely an audience for Dune. Is it the general audience? I don't know. So you're still, when the general audience sees it, they'll be like, oh, that, okay. So they put, that one's in there. 
but I don't, I still don't know it. So it does, it equates to the same stuff. Well, if you go back through that list, I mean, licorice pizza, no one saw like it did not have a great release strategy. Not a lot of people outside of the coast saw it. Um, West Side Story, Dead on Arrival. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom is a strictly Netflix movie. We have no idea how well it's doing. Belfast, again, not a very wide release with not a great marketing strategy. I'm happy because the uh, Manship Theater here in Baton Rouge is showing a screening on Friday. So I will at least be able to see it. But like, yeah, that's not a very like a thing that's getting seen by a lot of people. So if you just take those as your basic core of your nominees, Dune will be the most the most visible, the one most people have seen, and it'll certainly be the most box office successful. That's true. But so that to me, it just it feels like Hollywood saying, here, we had we we do like big budget movies. And not understanding what the public is saying is like, we don't care. Yes, you have this one, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this over here. Um, like you're still, is, you're still talking about like you're not talking about a movie like like um, Fury Road. Fury Road was not made to win Oscars. No one was talking about Fury Road winning Oscars when it was right. made, when it came out in May, and it in that may and everybody fell in love with the color palette all anybody was talking about was how long it took the damn movie to get made how long it took the damn movie to get marketed and, and released in theaters and how great it was to have mad max back and how great it was to have the director doing things again and all the issues like no one was talking about this felt like oscar bait right people were talking about that very early on in the dune process going back to the announcement that they were going to do day and date People were like, well, this is going to screw over Bienville's Oscar chances. You know, so like this film has been clearly in that conversation pretty much since last, the end of the last ceremony. So like, if, if I guarantee you, if you go back and look at a lot of like prognosticators way too early list from last April or last March, I guarantee you Dune was on there because of Bienville's name and his reputation, the material the, the thought that it was, quote unquote, the unfilmable novel, um, mm -hmm. like, it's not a surprise if it ends up on the on the Academy Award nomination list. It should end up on the Academy Award nomination list by virtue of the fact that it just exists. <laughs> like, it was made, like, if it, if, if that movie went its entire run and didn't get nominated for a, a Best Picture or a Best Actor or anything... That would be considered a disappointment by your boys at Warner Brothers, and that would be a reason to go jump off the bridge the way that they will if, when, uh, you know, the Batman doesn't do two hundred million dollars opening weekend. <laughs> you're you're right. The comparison of Fury Road is a very good one because they're both and, and, Warner's properties. Yeah, but no, it's even with that. But in illustrating that, yes, Fury Road got nominated, but. Dune is Oscar bait. Firo was not. Firo got there because it was a good movie. It happened to be popular, and it happened to to withstand whatever their test is for Oscar scrutiny. Whereas Dune was made by this very artsy guy for a very artsy studio that is taking material that people can see, and and it's akin to like those old epics like uh um like ben-hur and that kind of thing it's, it's that kind of thing but like for this stage so it is like made it's made to be the big budget blockbuster oscar bait movie and that's fine i i i really want to be fair to it because it could have come out not in a pandemic and it could have made a lot of money and it could have been just what warner's wanted that big grand epic Oscar bait movie that is also popular. Right now, I cannot say it's also popular. I could well, say let's, that. Let's also be fair to Dune fans who showed up in mass to support their property in a way that they like people did not expect, honestly, during the pandemic. Yeah, I was I was just about to say that they came out. I didn't think there were that many of them, but there was enough of them to make a dent and and actually show that okay. They will come out for their thing. Um, 
and that and that was at least good enough for Warner Brothers to fulfill their promise to make a Dune two. So now when Dune two comes out, we'll see about how everybody else feels. But those Dune fans, they showed up. They liked the movie. They supported the movie. They did what they were supposed to do, and good for them and good on them. But um, but I don't but I don't think they're enough to warrant calling this like a popular movie pick. So care to take a guess on what the domestic to international splits are on Dune? I'm going to say the international is higher. Wait, wait before I do that, was it released in China? Uh, uh, I'm going to say it probably wasn't, but I just... It was just, not. China is okay. not on this list, no. Okay. Um, and interestingly enough, Spider-Man is not in China. Because well, I knew the, that. The magic element, so... Imagine yeah, I, what the box office would be if they had China. Exactly. But actually, I'm kind of glad that it's doing this business without China, just so people people that have, um, you know, they think what they think about China and how they're, they're run can understand that you can make money and not depend on that money. But outside of that, um, I think... I'm just going to say that the international for Dune is higher than domestic, but I don't remember what the total is to like give you a, a number guess. It's a 73-27 international to domestic split. Yep, that's about right. Basically a 75-25, and it's uh, 2 million shy of 400 worldwide. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh yeah, I'm not surprised by the domestic. I mean, but, the but that's the thing. Split. It's the it's the academy. The academy is the body that speaks for American art. <laughs> yeah. So even more, yes, it's very popular around the world. Less so in the United States. So and less so for the popular pick for for big budget movie. Yeah, I just it, it's weird. Um, but I think that that. Now that you have the directors, the writers, the screen actors, and the producers guilds all out, and now that they all have there are certain movies that are nominated in each across the four branch, the four or five branches, and you have similar actresses and actors in all five of the branches, like now you have a clear idea of what your Oscar field is going to be on. On uh, Wednesday, I want to say that they announce. I think they announce on February second or, or February fourth, something like that. I, it's it's this week. I can't remember what day, but yes. Well, I mean, the, the voting ended on Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, the voting ended on Friday at, at noon uh, or at five o'clock Pacific time. Sorry. But yeah, that uh, I think I want to say it's Tuesday on, on the second on Groundhog Day. The ceremony is uh, late March, early April. The ceremony is March 27th and it's still February 8th, okay. February 8th. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and I and I guess then voting would would end this week at five o'clock on on Friday. It, it like I think we have a firm idea of what the Oscar field is, and I think people are going to be upset because there's not going to be any <laughs> no far from home included in this uh, in this year's batch. You know, when you were going through all of those things, uh, and this is going to be recency bias for me because I just watched this movie today, but uh, there was nothing for Macbeth. I was just kind of struck by that. Again, you're dealing with Apple Plus, right? Yeah, but it, so yes, you're dealing you're dealing with Apple, how, but you're also dealing with uh, your your reigning best actress winner, who's also producing this movie. It's produced by a Cohen that everybody loves. Star the lead is Denzel, who again has all this cachet, plus the fact that it's a black Macbeth. And there are lots of black people in this movie. Like it just seems like, duh. And it's freaking Shakespeare. It's, you know, what real actors do. They do Shakespeare. So for for it to pop up in nothing, it just seems really really wild to me. Especially considering that you know, uh, it's it's Denzel, right? Yeah. It, I mean, it's you there's only one Shakespeare play that involves a black person and it's a single black person in a single play 
And this is like the first that I know that I can remember that I can think of. So the vo- first voting major production. Voting began on Thursday the 27th, and it will conclude on Friday the 1st, uh, on, on Tuesday, February the 1st. Nominations will be announced on the 8th, and the ceremony will be held on the 27th. Okay, so damn, they only had like five days to vote? Yeah, the 27th to the 1st, and then the, the votes are tabulated and released the following Tuesday on the 8th. So okay, two more days to two more days to vote, and then a week till we get the nomination. I want to look. Um, I'm trying to see if the Baptists seem like a perfect place to recognize uh, Macbeth. Mm. So I want to see if the because the Brits, uh, the Brits have um, the Brits have a different sense the sensibility than we do in this these kind of things. And uh, of course, right now the big talk is that Kristen uh, Stewart might end up getting shut out. Yeah, that would. I haven't seen that movie, but everybody I've heard really liked her performance, if not the whole movie. Yeah, it's not even on the short list. The fifteen, uh, the the fifteen list uh, short list for the for the Baptists. Um, being the Ricardos, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Dune, House of Gucci, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, No Time to Die, French Dispatch, Lost Daughter, Power of Dog, and there it is, Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, it is on the list. Um, tick, Tick, Boom, Boom, and West Side Story. So the BAFTAs did nominate him. Well, uh, it says here, 15 films will go through the two rounds of voting, and five will be nominated. And 217 films were nominated for consideration. So there you go. I figured it would get some recognition. It was just those that, that list was just striking. So I'm sure we'll see a pop yeah, up. Yeah. So they so they have the long list out for the BAFTAs. I'm trying to find when the actual nominations would be out. Uh, nominations will be announced on Thursday, February 3rd. Okay. And the winners are announced on the 13th of March. So there are the fifth, those are the 15 films. Um, uh, let's see. Those are the 15 best pictures. Their director list includes um, After Love, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, First Cow, Hand of God, Happening. King Richard, Licorice Pizza, the lost, the lost Daughter, Passing, which is getting vastly like overlooked in this in this season, uh, Petite Mam- Mammon, uh, Power of Dog, The Survivor Part Two, uh, The Souvenir Part Two, uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Titan, West Side Story, and, Z- and Zola. That's for director, original screenplay, After Love, being the Ricardos, Belfast, The Card Counter, Come On, Come On. Don't Look Up, Duke, The Duke, uh, French Dispatch, Hand of God, King Richard, Last Night in Soho, again, over being overlooked in the award season, uh, Parallel Mothers, Petite Mammon, and The Worst Person in the World. Adapted Screenplay, Coda, uh, Kind Renault, Drive My Car, Dune, Eyes of Tammy Faye, The Green Knight, House of Gucci, The Last Duel, The Lost Daughter, No Time to Die, Passing, Power of Dog, Tragedy, Macbeth, Tick, Tick, Boom, and West Side Story. Actress, um, Jessica Chastain, Olivia Coleman, Lady Gaga, uh, Elena Hamm, Jennifer Hudson, Amelia Jones, Nicole Kidman, Jennifer Lawrence, Frances McDermott, uh, Renette Rinzim, the for Worst Person in the World, Claire Rushback, uh, Rushbrook, uh, Frawley and Ava, uh, Joanna Seclone for After Love, Kristen Stewart for Spencer, Tessa Thompson for Passing, and, and Rachel Ziegler for West Side Story. Leading actor, Raz Ahmed, again, uh, uh, Adele, Adele Ancor, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, Marciana Ali uh, for Swan Song, 
Mm-hmm. Javier, Bord- Javier Bordown, Daniel Craig, Benedict Cumberbatch, Leonardo DiCaprio, Peter Dinklage, Adam Driver, Andrew Garfield, Stephen Gartham, uh, Cooper Hoffman, Joaquin Phoenix, Will Smith, and Denzel Washington supporting. Uh, yeah. So, yep. I mean, that's a, those are pretty dense lists. And those are just like the, the nomination rounds. That's like the, the films put up for consideration. All right, that that's that sounds about what I would expect. That sounds more like what I would expect. Yeah, because like that's those are the same fifteen films that we, or for the most part, the same five to ten films that we've been talking about since the season started back in the summer. That's how these things go. There's very little like surprise. <laughs> you know, my my one big surprise that I hope happens is that I hope when we get to the nominations next week that. Uh, Tessa Thompson gets nominated for passing either as a best director or as a, uh, a a performance. So I need to watch that movie. It's probably not gonna happen anytime soon, but uh, yeah. All right, channel. That about do it for this week's podcast. If you want to keep up with this podcast and all things Moonfall, you can follow Chad. Uh, really, you got to put my name so close to Moonfall. Moon Is that the fall, theory? moon fall, the moon's gonna fall, 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 <laughs> and Roland Emmerich's gonna make no money. I'm at the mystery, not watching Moonfall. And I am at BCW Tiger Fan, live tweeting my reaction on Thursday night after having seen Moonfall on about seven, about four hours worth of sleep. Thank you very much, and have a pleasant <laughs> evening. <laughs>